You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. I have the amazing privilege of inviting our student ministries and outreach pastor uh, to come and speak this morning. She's also my amazing wife and the amazing mother of our three beautiful daughters. Would you please join me in welcoming Mary Margaret Weatherby Leroy? <laughs> Did you guys have mimosas on the way in? You're just so excited and happy. I thank you for that. And maybe that plants a seed for this afternoon, just saying. You know, as we were, thank you for that. Um, You know, it's always exciting when I speak. I really do pray and prepare and write stuff down, and then I get up here, and who knows? You know, just who, who knows? Who knows? It was uh, during worship, one of the songs in particular um, reminded me of music that I used to and still do love from like when I was in college, my whole thing was like the alternative movement and you know, all that. It's something about it, I don't even know what it was, but then it just a flood of memories and like highlights to my mom and the terrible things I did to her. <laughs> one, one time, no, I mean, really, I was a golden kid until I was turned about 18 and a half. But, but one time I was, uh, had these friends and they were, um, went to the Methodist church and I went to Carowinds with them on a Saturday. And at the time I was just starting, my parents were pretty strict, but they, get, they had two distinct areas of freedom for us. One for my brother and I, you do whatever you wanted to, to your hair and you could listen to whatever kind of music you wanted to. And that was a pretty, for us, that was a, that was a good balance because everything else was ugh, tight, you know. So it's like they, they recognized, oh, we, they'll, they'll let us breathe. Though. So I was just getting into like the kind of music I liked. And at the time, I loved Kiss. I'm not saying I don't still, but it was just like I was just, I just loved Kiss. And so uh, she lets me go. They, they let, I go on this trip and I come home. And when they open the door, here is their, <laughs> I don't know, 13, 14-year-old daughter with, you know, the big fair hair, you know, because that was our thing, even at an amusement park. And my face was Peter Chris. <laughs> Look it up. You've already got your phone out. I mean, it was the full pain. Her face went from, <gasps> I mean, she was the anger She's probably still mad about it today. (laughs) Probably still. And then there was a time that she did me kind of a solid, I'm just going to be, just if you're new or first time tuning in, just Reese and Roger and Michelle, they are the polished, finished product, okay? (laughs) I'm not. So if this is going to offend you, just go to your happy place and I'll be done in about 20 minutes. So... But um, my parents had a pool put in um, right before I went to college. And there were some blurred lines as far as when the drinking age really was, as I recall. And so I had come back home. My parents made me go to a college in Oklahoma. And all my friends went to various institutions of higher learning in North Carolina. Yay! And um, so but in the summers, we all glomped back together and the pool was in, my parents were not home, I invited my friends over, and beverages abounded. And my parents came home, 
And the way, because there's, there's the pool, and you take a few steps, and there's a patio, and then there's a deck over the patio. It comes out of the, the middle floor of the, ho- of, the, of the house. From the back, it looks like a three-story house. They come out onto the deck, and my mother <laughs> leans over, and then just leans back, she goes, it's hello, and all my fr- I grew up in the house. All my friends loved my mother because she's beautiful and she's funny and she's just every- all my friends love my mother, especially the boys. And so she leans over and she comes out. She goes, "Hmm, hello," and everybody's like, "Hey," they called her Babs. Hey, Babs. And then uh, she goes, "You know, it's it smells like vanilla down there," and we're just like. And I mean, there was somebody urinating in the Akuba. I mean, it was not, but instead of just like, <sighs> they just walked back in the house and closed the door. And I think they went la, 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 la for the next few hours. So I did lots and lots of probably not great things to my mother, but um, I did some good things for her. <laughs> but she was patient and she's still living today and speaking to me and we, she's great. A fun- <laughs> A fun thing that we did do, and it's really funny because um, my daughters, they all have had various degrees of, of long hair. And so braiding hair has just been on my job description. I mean, just for always. But you know where I learned how to braid my hair when, and to braid other people's hair? When I was in middle school, that is when like French braiding was like, ooh, the thing, you know? And so my mom and I, learn to French braid hair on each other. And that's just a fun little, just that that makes up for the Peter Chris moment, okay? All right. Okay, let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that just like we sang, you do meet us everywhere. And just like we sang, you renew everything. Come be with us, open our hearts and minds, do your good work. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so what were you doing last Mother's Day? It's been quite a year, hasn't it? So last Mother's Day, I watched the service from home. And then I think Reese and I, uh, we did the typical COVID thing. We bought mountain bikes. And that was our Father's Day, Mother's Day presents. I think we went out and rode, rode bikes. And at that time, all three of our kids were home and just like your kids, they were in various stages of insanity because they were finished at our house. My kids were finishing up ninth grade, 11th grade in college, just like your kids, in front of a screen. Um, so it just wasn't a fun time, to, I mean, for, you know, for any of us. Um, so this has been just the year that was. Pew Research Center, um, I looked up some stuff on there, and for academic moms, this past year meant a loss of a lot of research hours. For women in the workforce, it meant uh, an intensification of difficulties that, and challenges that were already in existence because there was the loss of childcare and there was the addition of at-home learning. Prior to the pandemic, women outpaced men in the workforce. That's not the case anymore. For moms who stay at home, they faced enormous challenges as well. Yes, they were used to having their children in their uh, area a lot. Uh, However, they weren't accustomed to doing it alone. There were no more playgroups. There were no more um, homeschool co-ops. Isolation did a number on moms, whether you work in the home or outside the home. For single moms, 
they had all that plus. So many of them faced devastating job losses, home losses, food scarcity. Um, as I was doing some reading on that, the term that makes the most sense to me when I look at that particular group is treading water. So this has just been a hard year to be a mom. We had to manage our own stress. Boy, I'm starting early. Usually it's like halfway through. For those of you that don't know, I have a belief that if, if I ever was a smoker, now would be a good time because I don't think you can cry and smoke at the same time. But if you're a smoker, you let, you let me know if that's true or not. Um, see, I told you, go back. I'm telling you, go back. The other three would never talk like that. So. <laughs> but um, parenting, being a mom, is the best, hardest thing in the best of circumstances. Um, and hopefully, in this pandemic time and, and where we are now, I am hoping, I am hopeful that we're in the post-traumatic part of this. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this term before, but it's post-traumatic growth. It's when people have endured a, a trauma, whether it's illness or an accident, death of a loved one or a natural disaster, and they often feel more resilient, they feel more confident, and they feel more brave afterwards. And that is the choice that I'm hoping that we have the ability to make as individuals, as a church, as a community, as a, as a state, as a country. Um, I'm hoping that we are getting to the point that we can come out of survival mode and kind of take a look and assess. This is, this is what's going on. This, this is the new reality, and this is, this is how we make some, some progress. But whether you're working inside the home, outside the home, with a co-parent or without a co-parent, here's one thing that all groups have in common. We have hope and salvation in the Lord. And there is nothing that can even chip that away. So I want to ask you, are you familiar with this thing called the law of thirds? All right. So the law of thirds, whether you have, for the rest of us, <laughs> for the law, the law of thirds is when you have like a big goal, you are going to feel a third of that time, you're going to be feeling pretty good, like good. For a third of that time, you're going to be feeling okay. And for the other third of that time, you're going to be feeling rotten. Um, I'm going to say that again, because I want, this is, I mean, this can apply to everybody in any situation. But of course, the things I'm going to bring out point specifically to mothers. So if you have a goal ahead, you should feel good a third of the time, okay a third of the time, and crummy a third of the time. As moms, our overarching goal is to raise our kids and raise them to be these people that are happy and healthy and well-adjusted and faith-based and good citizens and on and on and on. Once they reach adulthood, it's to support them in their endeavors uh, to live out these things. But from the time they are born, there are a million little goals on a daily basis that we are trying to deal with and trying to achieve. Sometimes that goal is just keeping everybody in the house alive with all the blood and skin they woke up with that morning. So one time I walked, this is before Charlotte and McCatherine were born, there's about a five, six-year age gap between Lily and those guys. And um, I walked downstairs, and Lily 
was standing in the kitchen on a chair, and evidently she was ready to eat breakfast, and I had not yet come down the stairs. I was up. I'm the early riser mom, okay? I just, anyway, she went downstairs before me, and I walk into the kitchen, and she's got her little dress on, and she's standing on the chair, and she's got oven mitts on, and there's the toaster, and it's plugged in, and there's toast. This is, she's four, okay? I walk in like, oh, look at you. I mean, she could have killed herself and burned our house down, but she didn't. And then there was one time, this is again, this is before the um, Charlton and McCatherine were born. We had some friends over for Christmas, around Christmas time, and it was a dress-up, you know, kind of dinner affair. And so Lily had eaten, and she had asked to be excused because she'd finished, and so we let her go do her thing, and so we were having a conversation. And I heard, because you know when you're the mom, you hear kind of everything, and if you don't hear everything, that's just as bad as if you hear something. Well, I heard this, excuse myself, I walked in, and she's standing there in her big red bow and her green and red dress with her hand behind her back, and all the lights on the Christmas tree are out. And I said, hey, what's happening? And she goes, I did not cut the light wire with my red scissors. (laughs) Again, near death for all of us. Um but we, we, we did it. And um, sometimes the goal for the day is just to maintain our sanity and make it to bed that night. Um, Charlotte and McCatherine are 17 months and two days apart, and yes, the two days matters. Because there's a difference between if your kids are 17 months and two days or 17 months and 29 days, okay? There's a lot of difference there. But they were, they were both pretty little, and Reese was, um, because of work and things, he was gone a good bit. And um, at that point in time, I was staying at home with the kids. And they were small enough that I could carry them both at the same time. And most of the time, going down the stairs with, you know, it's like, oh, this is great, and we're talking, and they're just, you know, poking my face. You know how little kids do. But we were in that phase of, and you may have been in this phase where your children are sick all the time, they are crying all the time, and life is miserable all the time. And so I was carrying them down the stairs. They were screaming and crying. This was how the day started. They were screaming and crying, and I was walking down the stairs, and in a loud voice, I cried out to God and said, you know, now would be a really good time for you to do something. So, so there, I'm not going to be writing a devotional book, okay? <laughs> but as our kids get older, uh, that doesn't mean uh, that our goals change, especially the sanity one. <laughs> it's my observation, and I've been a parent for 23 years now, it's my observation that there are challenges and victories at every single stage. And just for fun, I googled 10 tips for motherhood. I thought my computer was going to melt. I mean, because there's list after list after list after list after list. And so I went a step further and read a few of the lists, and they're all completely different. Um, So in other words, society is inundating us on how to be a good mom. Um, And uh, here's the big surprise that if you've been parenting more than like a minute, you know this, there's no perfect list. Darn it. (laughs) There is no one-size-fits-all. Instead, it looks more like a hodgepodge of uh, 
of us knowing our kids, knowing ourselves, leaning into the wisdom and the comfort that the Holy Spirit gives us. Now, I'm not saying don't have resources. Have them. Have every resource you possibly can. People, books, blogs, a parenting coach. Do not attempt alone, okay? It truly takes, it takes more than a village. It takes like a nation. It just takes a lot. Um, Big goals and even small goals, they can overwhelm us. They can overtake us. And if the word goal isn't resonating with you, then I want you to think, use the word stages, okay? Because there are just so many stages in our children's lives, and, and they don't end. I mean, think about where you are right now. You are still somebody's kid, no matter how old you are, and you are still in some stage. Hopefully, it's a good one. Um, but when you think about like what's happening right now with your child or with your children, uh, this idea of the thirds, the law of thirds, the feeling good, the feeling okay, the feeling crummy, this law of thirds, it really is not going to change anything maybe in how you parent or how you encounter your child, but what it will do is it will change your perspective. And sometimes our perspective and the change in that is the game changer. So to me, we are walking, well, let me back it up a little bit. So, um, so a third, you're really good, a third, you're okay, a third, you're crummy. I'm gonna ask you to, to suspend whatever your paradigm is about running and working out and adopt mine, okay? So just for a few minutes, don't worry, you're not committing to anything, we're not gonna go out for an all-church run or anything like that, don't worry. Uh, but I want you to think about that third where we're feeling good, that's when we're running. The part where we're walking, that's when we're feeling okay. And the part where we're feeling crummy, that's us just crawling, okay? And I believe that we revisit these spaces time and time again as parents and just as humans. So let's talk about running. If you look at running, I'm looking at the way I'm def defining that and probably um, offending your paradigm. Because you know what? Last year, I was like started running again a whole lot, and I was like posted this beautiful picture on Facebook, idiot that I am. And I thought, everybody go, oh, and I just put the word running because it's this beautiful scene. I had everything from people going, running from what? To <laughs> why would you do that? And they decided, they took my beautiful little post and just vomited all over it. Still a little bitter here, but anyway, that's why I'm making you do this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when you're running, you're hitting your stride. When we're feeling that third, where we're feeling really good. And there are times, those are the times where we feel like things are really working. Um, if you have young kids, you might, your, your baby may have just started sleeping through the night. School is going okay. At least the principal's not calling your house right now. Um, your kids have friends, they have some good relationships happening. They're getting the job that they always wanted. They're getting into the college, they're, they're progressing. They're in a pretty decent place and so are we, body, mind, and soul. Psalm, one, Psalm 16, five through 11, to me just sums that up. So we're gonna look at that for just a few minutes. I'm gonna read it to you. You can either look on the screen or um, in your Bible. Oh Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not fail. 
My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests in hope. For you will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh, wow. That is a great place. That is just all the good things. It's a time where we're full of strength and purpose, not pride. In this space, we do still recognize that difficulties are, are, are at the edge. They're at the front. We know that, uh, that uh, difficulties are present and they are real, but we have hope. We are experiencing the animation of the Holy Spirit. We are confident in Him. And this is the time when we can look at our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual life and just feel good about it. If you look at first, verse 5, my hope and my uh, I'm sorry, you are my hope and my cup, my portion and my cup. This is just, we are secure in our identity in this time. We aren't held back by the kingdoms of this world, how they limit us, how they judge us, or how they label us. Now, I want to insert something right here, and I don't mean to offend, but I've mentioned to you before, um, I am a feminist. And feminism exists to give women choices. But where feminism has failed is when it has not appreciated or affirmed all the choices. I have been both a stay-at-home mom and I've been an at-work mom, and I have felt judged on either side. So here's what I'm asking. Here's my challenge. Let's don't do that. Let's don't judge one another because let's just don't, okay? Let's support one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. Because this is our portion, the Lord. And this is what that means. Who is the Lord? The Lord is our healer. He's our provider. He is the God who saves. He is the Holy One. He's the everlasting one. He is the mighty creator. He is the God who sees. And I don't mean like sneeze, like he's trying to catch you doing something. I mean, he sees when you are broken. He sees when you are alone. He sees when you have no faith. He sees and looks at you in love. He is the Lord of peace. He is the rock of our salvation. That is our portion. That is who surrounds us. That who is who has our back during this season, and we are aware of it. You see, in every season, whether you're running, walking, crawling, he is there just as much. The only thing that changes is how aware we are of it. He does not take his foot off the pedal. He does not change. He is not intimidated by any circumstance we are in. He doesn't leave us. Verse 6, my boundaries enclose a pleasant land. So the commentary I looked at for this part, the word boundaries is originally plural as well as the word that I just used, boundaries, to denote unity in circumstances, similarly in relations of time and space. This signifies both pleasing circumstances and pleasant locality. The lines are drawn in a charming district, fellowship with God is pleasant, and the blessed domain of love is ours. In other words, we're cooking with gas. Life is good. We are experiencing the joy of the Lord. 
Verse nine, my heart therefore is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope. During this season, we're able to embrace some really healthy and sound rhythms for our physical bodies. I don't think I have to tell anybody what stress does to our physical bodies. I don't think, um, I do think that we often forget that we, we can't separate the two, that there, it's just all, it's souls, minds, bodies, it's, it's all connected. So when Lily was, I think she's between two and three, um, we went to the uh, Wilson Center Y every day. And one day, we were on the way home, and she said, Mommy, why do we go to the Y every day? And I said, so you'll have a nice mommy. <laughs> what are you doing in that season that helps make you a nice mom? What are you doing for yourself, for your physical body? What, um, what are you doing for your physical well-being? What goals are you reaching and are you experiencing rest? And here is a word of caution. Do not confuse rest with sleep. Two very, <laughs> very different things. Very different things. So then we get to that third that where we're just, we're okay. Where we're walking. Um, as look at this section as like we're maintaining. Things are not going poorly, but we're not making like huge gains. And sometimes that in and of itself is just hard. That, that has its own set of challenges. Deuteronomy 5, verses 32 and through 33. So be careful to do what the Lord your God commanded you. Do not turn aside to the left or to the right. Walk in obedience to all the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that, where you, uh, that you will possess. That doesn't sound very much like very much fun, does it? Don't go to the left, don't go to the right. Obedient, that's just such a word. But <laughs> what that means and what I, what I hope that you will kind of see in that is it's, okay, it's good to be okay because in that, use that time. We, in the okay period, we can take, a, take advantage of the pace and we can be deliberate. We can be deliberate in relationships. We can be deliberate in self-care. We can be delivered in healthy rhythms, both physically and spiritually. This is the space where we can read more, we can listen more, we can be present more. It's when we are doing just what we're supposed to be doing, and we're being faithful because he is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we, sorry, that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Psalm 119.33 says, Direct my footsteps according to your word and let no sin rule over me. It's a step-by-step -step season. We can notice things about ourselves. We can notice things about our children. We can notice the things that they are encountering. It can be a time when we reassess our goals. Walking uphill takes longer than running uphill. And you can be so much more aware, not just of yourself, because I know when I'm running I am focusing on my breathing, on what my hands are doing, how ten but when I'm walking, I'm looking around. I'm able to notice everything that's outside of me. So this is the space and the time to do an overall systems check and to adjust if you need to. And then we get to nobody's favorite, crummy. This is the one-third where, where we're just walking, where we're crawling. 
Like I said earlier, no matter what age our kids are, it's my observation, there are challenges and victories until we take our last breath. When we're crawling that third of a crummy stage, it's just hard. We may feel like failures as a mom. Your kids may be in a very bad place. When we're in this space, here's the thing, we can't run from it. Um, we can't take an easy way out. There's not going to be any fairy godmother to swoop in and go, ta-da, all better. During this time, we can be angry, we can be overwhelmed, we can be angry with our kids, angry with ourselves and anyone in our wake. We can feel hopeless, we can feel overwhelmed. It can seem like there is not a good end. So I want to read you something. This is about an endurance athlete. His name is Najee Ali, and he is 56 years old. Yay, 56! That's how old I am. Yay, winning. We're winning something. I don't know what, but anyway. Um, he's 56 years old, and he swims in the San Francisco Bay three to four times a week, year-round, alone. He has completed swimming from Alcatraz Island to the mainland 10 times, along with other long-distance difficult swims. Early in his training for all these feats, he was alone in the Aquatic Park Cove there in San Francisco. And it was during a storm. He found it difficult to breathe. He worried about being swept out into the open ocean. He was exhausted and began to worry that he wasn't going to make it back. He stopped to tread water. He made a plan. He mapped his way back to land, telling himself to swim from boat to boat, that was in the cove. He focused on taking just one stroke at a time. He refused to look ahead at the shore. Instead, he looked back periodically to check and see how far he had come. He coaches swimmers and tells them, well, obviously he made it, <laughs> but he coaches um, swimmers and he tells them one stroke at a time, you cannot go directly from point A to point Z but you can get from point A to point A and a half. As moms, I'm very familiar with this whole idea of parent with the end in mind, and yeah, that, that's part of it. But sometimes we don't know what the end is, nor what it should be. And I love that Mr. Ali stopped and he looked at the shore, and refused to look at the shore, but instead looked back to see what he had accomplished. Sometimes when we're in the crummy spots, that's important to turn around and look back and see how far we've come. Because sometimes we can't see what's at the end. We can't see what's on the horizon. The Lord set that up for the children of Israel in the Old Testament. So many times they were to, a, a thing would happen, a battle, a humongous miracle, something, and they would say, okay, build an altar, stones of remembrance. And then when things get difficult, you can look back at the stones of remembrance. You can see where I was faithful, and when you see I was faithful, then you know I will be faithful. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. There's no sugarcoating the crummy part. And no matter how young or old your child is, you can be in the crummy part. We construct dreams and plans that don't always turn out the way that we dream or plan. 
And I want to encourage you that the Lord can and will redeem anything. His word says that, and we know that. Any broken relationship, any mistake, his plans and his ways are higher than our ways because what a waste of time and energy it would be if we understood the God we serve. If you understand the God you serve, then that better be a little g, and it's not really a God. Just look at the definition of what God is. This crummy time, sometimes it just boils down to one word, and that's endurance. So regardless of where, you, of where you are this morning as a mom, the Lord is with you. And as I said in the beginning, he is present in all the facets, no matter where we are. What changes is our awareness of his presence and our awareness of his love and his graciousness and his power. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Who's doing the work here? The Lord. Okay, it is the Lord. The Lord, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves, as Psalms 103 very clearly states. So whether you're running, walking, or crawling, be aware of the power and the presence of the Lord. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love through generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. In V Kids, we started doing this song. It's not really a kid's song, but anyway. Um, and it's called The Blessing Song. Elevation does it. And it's just, it's a combination of these two verses. And I just want to read this to you because this is for every person, but specifically today, every mom. I want you to take this. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations for your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you. He is with you. Moms, will you stand? And as the moms are standing, I want to address a couple of hard things. If you want to be a mom, and this hasn't happened for you, I know exactly how this feels, and it's terrible. But the Lord sees you and the Lord hears you. And so during ministry time, I really want to encourage you to get prayer for that. Facebook Church, I would love for you to post in the chat or email us at vineyardaugusta.org slash prayer, and we're going to pray for you. Um, the other hard thing, not everyone had a good mom. who cared for you or protected you. And if you have not already begun that road of healing, I want to encourage you, contact us, and we can help get you started on that road. And if that is your situation today, I want to encourage you, think about those women that have loved you and have protected you and still love you and still protect you. So with all the moms standing, if you are... Just, if you have arms, hold your arms out to your, those women, okay? And I'm going to pray for them. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bring your kingdom. Wherever these moms are, 
I pray, God, bring your kingdom and do your good work. I pray that you would stir up your good gifts. I pray that you would give them dreams and give them visions. I pray you be the lifter of their head and the sustainer of their soul. I pray, Father, that they would know that you surround them. You go before them. You are beside them. You watch over them. You guard them. You put good things in their mouth. You are the Lord, and you know their name. And as your word tells us, you know the plans you have for this, us, and their plans to prosper us, not to harm us. And I pray that for every single mom. Come, Holy Spirit. Continue to bring your kingdom and do your good work. In the name of Jesus, amen.